it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. I'm your host, Eric Steven. I have a Dodgers Rewind for you today and... I have a co-host because Jacob Birch is with me. Jacob, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? All right. Doing well. Uh, happy to look back at a, a, a former Dodger. Um, it's Alan Foster. Uh, before we go into Alan Foster, what what do you know, if anything, about Alan Foster as no, no, it relates uh, to the Dodgers? Nothing. Okay. Um, so Except I what I can you, read in the show notes right now. That's right. Yeah. yeah there'd be maybe just <laughs> start start rattling it off. Yeah. Well, let uh, me tell you. Yeah. Um, so 1965 was the first year of the MLB draft. And he was the second player ever drafted by the Dodgers. Um, it was in the second round out of Los Altos High School in Hacienda Heights, which I was looking. It's like I can probably get there in like 10 to 15 minutes tops from my apartment. Um the, or the, I'm sorry, not my apartment. The True Blue LA West Covina office is how I noted it. Um, in <laughs> high school, he pitched three no-hitters in the 10-start span. Um, pretty highly sought after. Uh, the Dodgers in the first round that year drafted Bakersfield High School shortstop John Wyatt uh, in the first round, and he never advanced past Class A. Um, Foster had a commitment to UCLA, but he he sort of he and his dad, like reading up on this, he made it known. Uh, that he only wanted to sign with the Dodgers or Angels, play locally. And so no one uh, would sort of meet their demand. So he ended up signing with the Dodgers for $100,000, which was the same amount that Rick Monday got as the first overall pick uh, by the A's that year, Kansas City A's uh, that year too. Like, that's weird because that's their 
I mean, not that I remember the Philadelphia A's or anything, but it's weird to be the middle city of a, of a three-team, three-city team <laughs> like that because you're like, Kansas City A's, that sounds weird to say, right? Like, uh, But before we go into sort of Alan Foster's uh, Dodgers exploits, um, Foster in 1969 in June uh, pitched consecutive shutouts for the Dodgers, two in a row. There have only been five longer streaks of shutouts of at least nine innings by uh, L.A. Dodger, uh, by five different pitchers. Name them. Okay. That's not a question. That's an order. That's right. Yes, it is. It's a, it's a command. <laughs> the t- trivia directive. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so you, you have time to sort of come up with a, a group, uh, and we'll get to that a little later. But right. uh, before, before we get to those shutouts, um, Foster made his debut with the Dodgers in 1967. He was age 20. He pitched in April uh, twice, and then he pitched twice again in the final week of the season. In between, he had two more no-hitters in AAA in Spokane. Both were against the same opponent, the Seattle Angels, which also feels very weird to say. Uh, They were a AAA team. Uh, August 16th was on the road in Seattle. Uh, First game of a doubleheader, so that one was only uh, seven innings. He struck out seven and walked five, so sort of a classic wild no-hitter. The second one was September 1st. It was the second straight time he had faced the Seattle Angels, but not his second straight start. I've seen it. In fact, uh, the back of his uh, 1970 Topps uh, baseball card, it mentioned uh, that uh, the highlights of his brief career were the two no-hitters he hurled for Spokane in consecutive appearances against Seattle in 1967. Now that I read that, they said it perfectly, and I read it the first time as consecutive starts, which really threw me off. But it wasn't. He had a few starts in between. But still, no hitting a team uh, two two times in a row that you see them is pretty great. Um, September 1st was the second one. Nine innings this time. He was much better. Nine strikeouts and a walk. Um, So 1968, he had another cup of coffee. Uh, He pitched three games that year. In spring training, he was highly sort of touted. Um, And there was an article on him in spring training. I'm just going to read you the entire lead by Walter Johns of the Central Press. Uh, This was from Vero Beach in spring training. Quote, another guitar-playing act has joined the Los Angeles Dodgers. Pitchers Jim Mudcat Grant and Alan Foster. You've heard of Mudcat, former Indian and twin, who can shuffle those feet, and he will be joined by Foster, rookie pitcher, who joins with roommate Tom Hutton, an infielder, in an act which already has appeared in a Japanese nightclub? Like, what? They, I didn't, they didn't go into details about the Japanese nightclub in the story that I found. Um, so I don't know what's going on there, but apparently Alan Foster could play the guitar. So that's my takeaway from that. Um, so, But that was about his, the, the bulk of his impact of 1968 was that article. That was the force of it. He was with the Dodgers for the whole year in 1969. Uh, he started off in the bullpen. And then he joined the rotation at the end of April when Don Drysdale was hurt. Drysdale that year was sort of hurt off and on. He, he only started 12 games, and then he ended up retiring at the end of the season. But it was like intermittent. He was, it's not like he just had one injury and then just didn't play. He, would, he missed a little bit, and then he'd come back, and he missed a little bit more. Um, Foster that year was up and down. So he had a, he had a um, not, not to the minors, just up and down performance-wise. He had a 5.65 ERA heading into play June 8th when he had two – Two scoreless innings in relief. Then he started on June 13th. He beat the Mets 1-0. He stranded uh, seven singles and a walk. That was the first complete game for Foster. It was also a shutout. 
uh, from the UPI game report. Alan Foster said, I waited a long time for that one. I thought it would never come. And then in the Long Beach Press-Telegram, a writer named Fred Clare, uh, future <laughs> Dodgers PR man and then future GM, quote, Alan Foster at the age of 22 describes himself as a conservative per person who thinks a lot about what the future holds. The Dodgers think a lot about Foster's future. They see it as a bright one. <laughs> so um, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, that future uh, for Foster uh, after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So despite those two shutouts, um, Foster had a 438 ERA in 1969. He pitched in 24 games, including 15 starts, 102 and two-thirds innings. But he's more known for something that happened later that season. August 5th at Dodger Stadium, uh, left fielder Andy Costco hit a three-run home run in the seventh inning off Steve Blass. That tied the Dodgers-Pirates game at 3-3. Foster came in to pitch the seventh, uh, or actually, uh, yeah. Okay, so Costco's home run was in the sixth. My bad. Um, so Foster came in pitch the seventh in relief of Don Drysdale. Um, Foster, he struck out Richie Hebner, which this is another uh, sort of Tops classic uh, bit of information that everyone knows because of Tops, I would say. Uh, Richie Hebner in the off seasons was a, a grave digger. Um, so, <laughs> the, <laughs> that, works yeah, the, who, the, the grave shift. Huh? Who, who among us? Yeah. Um, so he, he fanned Richie Hebner to open the inning. Then came Willie Stargell. Uh oh <laughs> this, is from, this is from the Associated Press. Quote, the count was one and two on Stargell when Alan Foster tried to break off a curve to the Pittsburgh Slugger. Boom. <laughs> the shot, his 18th this season, bounced off the right field pavilion roof and landed outside Dodger Stadium. The first time a home run has cleared the bleachers since the place opened in 1962. Quote, I wasn't thinking of a home run, Stargell said. I was just trying to keep from overswinging. I would say it worked. Um, the home run I've seen listed at between uh, either 480 feet or 507 feet. Either way, it was the first home run hit out of Dodger Stadium. Stargell was also the second player to hit a home run out of Dodger <laughs> Stadium. He did so in 1973 off Andy Messersmith. Um, after him, the only ones to do it are uh, Mike Piazza in 97, Mark McGuire in 99, Giancarlo Stanton in 2015, and then Fernando Tatis Jr. last year. Uh, I was there for the Tatis one, and there was like a shock when it happened because I you can't sometimes you can't tell um, when, when when like that you just know it's far, and then you're like, wait, did that go over? <laughs> like uh, it, it was just the, like the buzz. There's a buzz happening, and everyone's like, oh, he really he really and nailed I, that one. And I was there for Mark McGuire's, um, oh. but I was thirteen, not like yeah, thirteen, and and so 
and like I, I am remembering it being at the stadium where I heard buzz of oh he hit it out of the stadium, yeah. um, and but maybe I'm I'm fusing things together and it was after the fact. But for a while I was like yeah that's what a home run is. I don't get it. He hit a home run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he hit not realizing oh out 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 of the stadium. I, and not I remember Piazza's Piazza being on ESPN uh, Sunday night game if I'm not not mistaken. So that and that was a big thing like too like that made it sort of bigger and also this uh, was peak peak mark mcguire you know national sure. hero so just like think of perhaps i i, I can't recall a uh, dodger stadium home crown being excited about a cardinals hitting a cardinal hitting a home run but and right. uh it, it, happened, it happened happened then yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe just later, like it but, happened when albert pujols yeah, yeah. seven hundred yeah <laughs> um the, oh, oh side note did you see the clip um I think after the game, Dave Roberts addressed this, but um, he said, you know, it was just an exciting baseball moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Roberts is in the dugout. I did see the. Yeah. He, he immediately <laughs> he goes, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, oh, oh, like, oh, like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was just really funny. Um, even like um, Andrew Heaney and Phil Bicker, who gave up 699 and 700, they were like, at least, you know, at least it's Albert or something. You yeah. know, like, it was <laughs> like, they weren't like sore about it or anything. And they, anyway, weren't, and they weren't cheapos either. Yeah, oh, not to yeah. get too distracted. <laughs> yeah, they were no doubters. Um, just like Sergio. Um, so Foster, um, he was in the Dodgers rotation all year long in 1970. 426 ERA, he made 33 starts, uh, just shy of 200 innings. He had 198 and two-thirds. Uh, but he also had almost as many walks, 81 as strikeouts, 83. So the Dodgers traded him to Cleveland in December 1970, along with reliever Ray Lamb. Side note for Ray Lamb. He briefly wore number 42 in 1969. I believe it was a mix-up. He's the only post-Jackie uh, Robinson Dodger to wear number 42 in a non-ceremonial fashion. Um, uh, those um, two were traded for catcher Duke Sims, who was a, a backup for the Dodgers for a little bit. And uh, that brings me back to the two shutouts in a row. Uh, there are only five Dodger pitchers with longer shutout streaks uh, L.A. Dodger pitchers, can you name them? I believe it was name them. Yeah. I'm still I, See, I saw it a little bit. Just like I didn't lead with the Willie Sargill home run in describing Alan Foster, I uh, I went the opposite with you. <laughs> like, I, I gave I gave Alan Foster the empathy of, of sort of building him up before, like, saying, here's this thing that this guy gave up, like, that he's most known for. Uh, but instead with you, I was like, right away, I'm like, Answer this jerk. Like that's my that's my thing. So sorry, but yeah. Okay. Um uh, 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 uh Fernando Valenzuela. Fernando had a three shutout streak. Uh this was in Fernando Mania. Um he I believe he had five shutouts in his first eight starts, but he like mixed in a bunch of like I think yeah, it was two one run games and a two run game in his mm-hmm. eight starts. So yeah. But still on the list. Darn it. Yep, on the list for sure. Uh, Oral Hershiser. Oral Hershiser had. Um, he, I'm trying to. I'm parsing this. Okay, so he had five straight shutouts. Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and but also the sixth start in that group was a ten inning no run game that went sixteen. <laughs> so he didn't get a shutout for it, which is why why he ended up with one one more inning than a certain someone who's also on this list. Um, Don Drysdale. Don Drysdale had six shutouts in a row uh, in 1968. Sandy Koufax. 
Koufax had three shutouts in a row in July in 1963. That was his MVP season and his first Cy Young. Oh, now we hit the right. <laughs> I've used my good, my like, I, I'm feeling good about guessing these. Um, so now we're purely in guessing. Uh, Don Sutton? Yes, you nailed it. I see. I was I was gonna give you a hint and just be like, just ride ride the yeah like the, the, the Hall of Fame <laughs> the train. Hall of but, Famers. But uh, but yeah, no. Yeah, uh, Sutton was nineteen seventy two. Is in September, uh, three straight. So yeah, good job. Uh, the last I was looking at the the list of two straight shutouts. Yeah, I was. I was at, I'm glad we're on the same page here. I was gonna ask when was the last time someone did two. <laughs> so I, I'm actually surprised by this. Uh, Hideo Noah in 1995. Huh. Yeah. Well, what's weird? So what's weird about that? So Grinky and Kershaw both had scoreless streaks into the 40s. Yeah. But I believe they 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 didn't have. They didn't mix like two no. I I I was curious about Kershaw because I seem to recall not during that streak, and I you know maybe I'm totally misremembering, but like maybe it was three shit three or like maybe it was two shutouts in like four games or something like that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up while I see if I can figure that out, and, um, and I'll I'll let you know if I find anything. Uh, maybe maybe next week on the next rewind, but so uh, four years with the Dodgers. Alan Foster had a 407 ERA. That's an 88 ERA plus, so a little below average, but 334 innings. Uh, he pitched well after uh, leaving. Six years with Cleveland, the Angels, the Cardinals, and Padres. He had a 358 ERA in those years, which is 101 ERA plus, so essentially a league average pitcher for 692 innings. So not bad. 10-year major league career. Uh, the first Dodger draft pick, um, or the earliest Dodger draft pick to reach the majors. I don't know if I'm saying that right. The of the of the Dodgers draft picks to, to reach the majors, he was the first one picked. If that makes sense, he was their second ever draft pick in 1965. So that's Alan Foster. Uh, hope you enjoyed this rewind. And I'm gonna real quick. Oh, I, I oh, yeah, found yeah. it quicker than I thought. 2015, uh, Kershaw had a shutout on July 8th and a shutout on July 23rd with All Star in between, and then had an eight inning pitched. Huh when no runs given up uh, in Washington. So what a slacker. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I'm pretty like, sure that's what I was thinking about. We will never do a Dodger <laughs> rewind. Like that's, that's my solemn vow to you. Uh, uh, but thank you. That was, that was, that was a fun one. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow.